Hello, folks out there in the Roll for Initiative podcast land. Guess what? This podcast is not over. It is not dead. We are back and with a vengeance. That's right. We've uh, had a, what was it? We've been resurrected. we be resurrected. That's correct. <laughs> with proper, improper grammar, we be resurrected. we be <laughs> resurrected. 10,000 gold pieces, I think. Uh, for you, Nick, it's like 20. Dang. Yeah. As uh, you hear. You know, high cost of living. I <laughs> <laughs> get it. I cost a living resurrect. Okay. The voices you're hearing now, if you're listening to this for the very first time, this is a podcast about Advanced Dungeons Dragons First Edition only. And the first voice you heard was myself, DM Vincent. I'm one of your hosts, along with DM Nick, who's the other voice who just said hi. And it's a special treat because uh, we're missing one of our hosts this week. Uh, We brought in uh, DM Crispy from the Save or Die podcast from the WGPRN family. Crispy. How's it going? Wow, that's all you got for me? I was going to do something about being uh, reincarnated instead of resurrected, but it was too much of a stretch. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to do a different voice. (laughs) Resurrect is Christopher Walken. (laughs) How's it going? It's great. It's weird. <laughs> so anyway, people have been wondering where we've been. We just uh, we took a little, you know, mental break, pretty much. Right, Nick? <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, I just took a mental break right there. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah. You can always keep in contact with us by email, by the voicemail line, which at five seven zero eight two five forty two ten, the RFI hotline. Hotline. Yes. That's up over here. Jeez. Or you can go to RS. OSRgaming.org, our forums, uh, where you can chat away. Even Nick is on there, finally. Yeah. I think I have around 10 posts. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Something like that. Crispy's on there as one of the moderators, even though I haven't seen him in a few days, but he's on there. I was just yes. on not so long ago. Oh, you were? Okay. Yes, moderating with extreme moderation. With an iron fist. I, I do. I moderate all the time. I change people's posts to make them sound stupid. It's good fun. <laughs> sure. Oh, that's a good time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so our, our website, uh, we're trying to get the articles up as fast as we can, but, you know, people don't approve them and, you know, wrong grammar and... Stupid know. kobolds can't type. Yeah, really. But, you know, just remember you can always email us if you have any questions. So um, what have you guys been doing? Nick, what have you been up to lately? I'm um, up to six foot one. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. You grew, you grew since uh, the last time I saw you. Uh, actually, uh, what was it? Just a few weeks ago, we had our, our monthly game, Temple of Elemental Evil. And uh, they got, to, again, my group doing something completely <laughs> off the deep end. I, I should always expect the unexpected from my group. Yeah. Um, anybody who's familiar with that particular module, the moat house area, mm-hmm. and the dungeon below, <laughs> and there's all the different. Well, in my version, I got the Hackmaster version, and there's like there's goblins and bugbears down there, and you know a few other like uh, brigands, what oh, have you. Okay. Well, the 
the original leader, Larith, he's not there anymore. He was replaced by a quickling, which are nasty in itself because they're like super fast. And they and trying to cast spells against them, they like have saves like an 18th level cleric. And so they actually captured the thing. He's begging for his life. And uh, they basically made the impression to the rest of the dungeon that they were in charge now. <laughs> they actually pulled it off. They had the bugbears and the goblins and everybody believing that the, new, the party was sent by the temple to get things straight. <laughs> I mean, and like send people on errands to their certain doom and everything. Basically having evil work against itself, which the nice. paladins in the party had no problem with whatsoever. Really? So, really. Yeah. They're like, hey, we're using evil against itself. I'm good with that. So that's where we kind of ended up with. And next they'll probably be on to, I believe it's Nald, that town before the temple and then the temple itself. So. It was an interesting night. <laughs> cool. It, is it, how much different is the Hackmaster one from the original one? Um, well, it's, it's got a different title. Instead of the different elements, it's called the Temple of Existential Evil. Jeez. <laughs> it's more about things like entropy and chaos instead of earth, fire, and water. And I almost said earth, wind, and fire, but that was a group from the 70s and 80s. But, <laughs> Dear God. But uh, stay there. But it's you know it's not that much different. I have both, you know, the original and the Hackmaster version, and um, I highly recommend both. I think they're both very good. If you can't get a hold of the original, use the Hackmaster version and modify it to your to your campaign. It's easily done. It's basically the same system, not that much different. Yeah, it's pretty much similar. So there's a few minor details. Yeah, some minor stuff. Just drop the 20 hit point kicker that you usually get in Hackmaster and away you go. Yeah, I have one of them. I have one of the modules. Um, keep on the little keep on the borderland, I think it's called. Yes, yes, fantastic. And <laughs> I read through it just to see it. I mean, some of the stats were a little bit confusing in it to me at first, but other than that, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They they really took the, they took the original and just kind of took it to the next level. I I like how they fleshed it out a little more. And it's huge too. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's not a small little module. It's a thick book. Yeah, it's almost you could you could almost call it a mini campaign. Yeah. So so that's cool. So crispy, what have you yeah. been doing? I've been doing a lot of anything. I've kind of taken a bit of a sabbatical from DMing. Uh, I've just been playing in a. Uh, I know this is the AD&D first edition all the time only podcast, <laughs> but uh, I've I've been playing in my friend Daniel's uh, Pathfinder game, and oh. we're introducing some new players. And uh, oh, I, I recently taught uh, we recently taught uh, my little sister D and D three point five, and she's been playing with friends, and she basically loves it. It's very teaching. weird. You should be teaching like, her old school. Should. We uh we might be getting a family D and D game together now that cause oh, cool. she just graduated high school, uh and so her mom was like now that all our kids are gone and graduated high school, now we can play D and D again. What? That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, they've waited they've waited twenty five years to play D and D again. Wow. Well, they worked their butts off to pay for everything. But for that, I'm probably going to be running uh, either because they grew up with first edition. So either first edition or Labyrinth Lord. Oh, cool. Uh, loves me some Labyrinth nice. Lord. Yeah, you really mm-hmm. like that Labyrinth Lord. 
I do. I, I like it because it has the AEC as well. And, like, it gives the first edition options while keeping the kind of more free-flow, uh, basic feel. Hmm. That's it for me. What about you, Vince? Well, I've mostly been working a uh, new job, studying for tests, getting myself certified so I can make more money. Ah, it's always good. Yeah, we know you're certifiable. <laughs> wow, Nick. Uh, yeah. Getting ready for Gen Con. That's coming up in about 60 days, so less than that now. Probably about 50 mm. around there. I'm excited about going to Gen Con this year. Running two games. Are you, uh, what games are you running? Two uh, D&D uh, BX games. That's cool. right, yeah. So. And f- everybody listening out there, Origins is, well, according to this, our time, next week. Actually, Order. about this time, I'll be gaming away at Origins. <laughs> Woo! Be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be really good. It's my, this will be, my, my friend Jeff, he's getting deployed to Afghanistan in September, so this will be our last con to go with him before he gets deployed, so we're going to have a all-out big bash for him. It's going to be a good time. Cool. It's going to be good. I'm doing that for a friend who's coming back from Afghanistan. We're going to have a, a big D&D session because I haven't seen him in like seven years since he's wow. been gone. Yeah. And he was one of my first, uh, like the first group that we ever formed. He was in there. and We're going to get everyone back together. Oh, I did play in one game of uh couple Sundays ago it was called Weird World to Weird World well so I try that one more time. World Weird World Two or something like that's called? Like Weird called, World War or something like that? Yeah, two it's called. Yeah. It's it was a D, I've, I've it was it was a D twenty game, but it was actually kinda cool because we were during like the nineteen forties and we were running around and like the DM had like robot Nazis chasing us and like <laughs> werewolf Nazis chasing us. So it was kinda cool. That sounds awesome. I know. Actually, I want to play it again because it was kind of fun. Okay, so I just had this conversation today. Like, so you have Nazi zombies, right? Mm-hmm. Zombies are already, you know, bad. And mm-hmm. so are Nazis. Right. If you combine them, does that really make either one of them any more bad? Well, doesn't it cancel itself out and make them good? Well, no, because no, Nazi zombies are the worst. Or zombie oh, Nazis yeah. or Nazi, whichever one. Well, if they're both evil, doesn't two evils make a good? Well, no, well, two wrongs don't make a right, Vince. Oh, they don't? But three rights make a full circle. True. <laughs> As we're trailing off here, let's uh, actually head into our first segment of the night. <laughs> Table manners. Typical of all the evil creatures in the world. I like to find one with table manners. And what are you kidding me? I've spent years cultivating the worst table manners on the planet. Table manners. So for Table Matters this week, we're going to theme this show tonight and talk about some things that people have been asking for in our forums, as we all uh-huh. know. No, not at all. No way. Well, we did spend a whole show on demons, but I decided for this show we're going to set this one as devils. <laughs> Sorry, I had something in my throat. <laughs> that was good. Thank that was you. actually pretty good, yeah. So uh, the, the the theme of this show is the devil took my role. I don't know. I thought that was kind of catchy. So for table manners, we're going to talk a little bit about setting the mood for using devils. So deciding on a plot, research uh, is very important, and what props you would use at the table. Mm. So Nick, have you ever used devils in your campaign? 
Yes, I have. In fact, I'm using them in my current campaign. Really? Yes. Uh, the current campaign, uh, to kind of reiterate from, I think I talked about it previously, is the, the, uh, the group has traveled 500 years into the future of the campaign world, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much evil has won. and there are demons and devils uh, running about the land. They haven't run into any as of yet, but they are there. Yeah, basically the whole world has gone the H-E double hockey sticks. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, and there's a very small bastion of good that's left on the fringes of the continent. And, um, yeah, Temple of the temple as existential or elemental evil plays a significant role. I've kind of fit that into the campaign. So yeah, I am using devils in the campaign setting. So in a very, I thought, uh, at least from my perspective, kind of unique role where basically evil is one over the world. <laughs> hmm. As you know, I've used devils in mine. I used Asmodeus and what well, we talked about him a little bit later, but I used him in my, Book of Sorrows campaign. Mm-hmm. Crispy got to experience that firsthand and as yeah. Trask. Oi. <laughs> Thank you for a little Trask. <laughs> You're welcome. And uh, basically, for those who didn't listen to the campaign, which I don't, quite a few people didn't, but quite a few did, but I used Asmodeus as the like the focal point of the cult that was trying to resurrect Asmodeus back into the world. They, they had to find the Book of Sorrows, which led to... Uh, Pretty much the secret had to resurrect him. And uh, as you found out at the end, they have to keep running around with the book to keep it away from the evil, but... <laughs> mm. Nice. It draws them to it like flies to a fire. Yeah, we need to bring the campaign back. You know what, actually? I- I'm down for that. Uh-oh. Yeah. You know that you know the rest like Mike and Leaf and Terry are all gonna be jumping all over you now. I know, I know. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm good to play Book uh, of Sorrows again. All right, bring back me trust voice and lose it. Lose your voice. <laughs> Drink again. some beers, ha ha higher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool because uh, I know um, Andy was saying, "Well, I miss playing Corbin." The other day, he was saying, "I miss Corbin too." Like Corbin was a lot of fun. He was such a stick in the mud. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so how would you? Have you ever used the devil in any of your campaigns, Crispy? I haven't, but no. there was this one campaign. Where I was trying to stop Asmodeus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Do tell. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you tell uh, me about that? I think some people might have heard it because we recorded it. But uh, I played this dwarf named Trask. No, I've never actually used devils. I've used demons and like extraplanar horrors, but never devils. I don't know. Just never had a chance yet. I think is what it is. Yeah. Because they're cool. I mean, you got some really cool devils. Yeah, it's just the devils are a lot more powerful in, in nature than the demons themselves. I, I really think they should be categorized as one thing, but... I think that also kind of plays into their... If you look at their alignments, I mean, lawful evil, the the devils, probably you know a bit more organized and hierarchical than the demons. They're, a little, they're definitely more cutthroat, on, on, at least on the... On the surface, you know, unlike, you know, probably devils are a little bit more backstabbing and, you know, plotting behind the scenes than versus demons, which are a little bit more uh, 
in your face. Right. Well, decide on a plot. If you're going to use the devil, decide on a plot and stick to it and try to revolve it around the devil somehow. He doesn't have to be in the game itself. His name could be all over. His symbol could be all over the place. There could be a cult doing his you know, evil bidding. Oh, mm-hmm. you just brought up something I just re- remembered. Go ahead. There, there is a module by Brave Halfling Publishing. Uh-huh. And let's see if I remember this correctly. It's called the Forgotten Temple of Balzable. Beelzebub? Or... No. Plausible? Uh, I have the module. It's a high-level module. I think the lowest level is like 13th level you can do it. It doesn't go to 100? <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> Thrones of Bloodstone. For God's sake. A4 is the one that does that. Yeah. No, this is about, yeah, yeah, something like level that. Level 100. <laughs> yeah, the Bloodstone one. But anyway, this one, Forgotten Temple of Balsable or something like that. Or not Beelzebub or something like that. But it's like levels 13 through 15. Or I have it. Okay. I quickly read through it. It's a very interesting module because, like, you're talking about the whole cult thing. There's a cult that follows this devil, and there's actually some demons in it, too. But I don't want to yeah, give away too much. Balzable is actually in uh, the monster manual. I'm actually going to. Yeah, that's who I meant. Yeah. That's who I meant. He, uh, well, judging by the fact that he has fly eyes, I'm guessing he's the Lord of Flies. Mm hmm. He's probably supposed to be Bales above, but I mean, like Satan has eighty million different names. So, the devil. I mean, all of these could be the devil. When you get up to the arch devils, at least, yeah. Asmodeus, the king of hell, the prince of hell, or whatever. But it's also very important when you pick your devil to do some research on him. Mm-hmm. There is yeah. tons and tons of stuff on the internet you can get. Information about demons and devils about. Don't rely just on the books. I mean, if you just want some flavor, I'm sure you could just Google any one of the demons and you'll find tons of information about it. Yeah. I know Paizo made a whole bunch of uh, books based around a bunch of demons and devils. One of them being Asmodeus, because I remember there was a Prince of... Uh, what was the name of that book? Um, Soft cover book. It was called Princes of Darkness or something, part one I, or something. want to say that, but like I know uh, Paizo's campaign setting... There's a whole like country that is basically devoted to devil worship, and it's yeah. tainted oh, wow. by devils. Yeah. yeah, Cheliax, the city of devils. Yes, that's and, it. Uh, yeah, it's it's cool. Like, uh, um, and they have like they're really really into the devils over at Paizo. Really? Yeah, but I don't really deal with the campaign setting that much. It's uh, I have a copy, but like, and it's a nice. Uh, reference, but I'm not playing in Pathfinder's world. I'm playing in my own. But they are a good place to go. Yeah, they did a whole book on research of hell and the hierarchy. It's a really good read if just if you just want it for fluff. Mm-hmm. Okay. They also did uh, they did a book called Misfits Mo- Misfit Monsters Redeemed that has like the flump and the flail snail, and it and they tried to make them cool again. Cool. Well, not the flump. Can't make that cool no matter what. I don't know. Like <laughs> flumps become some kind of like weird extraplanar guardian that is like trying to keep the walls of reality together or something like that. Well, if you're talking about research, um, one of the things I I found was uh, going through my you know various Dragon magazine uh, issues and 
I found this one. It's well, either one of you could find it. It's either in uh, Best of Dragon Volume Two mm-hmm. or the August 1979 issue of Dragon. It's number 28. And it's called The Politics of Hell. Yes, I remember seeing that article. Yeah, I have that. Well, I have all the Best of Dragons. Yes, and uh, this. Just you no, know, kind of warn our readers. This kind of takes a Judeo-Christian slant on the whole thing. So that's just this. Uh, that's just how it is. But it's, I think it's a great reference article, nonetheless. I think it's really, really good. Uh, I think whoever you know wrote it actually did their research pretty well, and they give stats for Satan. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Which we could probably cover in a little bit later. Yeah. I just did a quick search just for anybody up for Asmodeus and Google, and right away Wikipedia comes up. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons Asmodeus pops up second there. The Catholic Encyclopedia. All different various places you can look just by Googling. There's your flavor fluff. Yep. So what about props? Anyone use any props? Oh uh, yeah, actually. Uh the anytime I use any kind of demonic thing, the first thing I like to do is go down to the local butcher butcher shop and oh just God. buy a goat fetus that you can sacrifice. Oh my uh, you might want to lay down a tarp. <laughs> it gets a little messy. And uh oh, make sure your sacrificial dagger is sharpened. It's your serpentine dagger, right? Well yeah. It's it's hard to sharpen though because it's it's all squiggly. Yeah. yeah. That's a prop all right. Well, when you yeah. when you're not going to jail that night. Or getting ready to go to jail. Our, our listeners, this is all tongue-in-cheek, of course. Yes, of course. Right? Yes. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like, I actually worship Asmodeus. Okay. I'm Moving on. <laughs> There's nothing wrong worshiping Asmodeus. Don't worry about it, Crispy. Well, it just sucks, because, like, my friend Blackleaf, she... Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's my fault. She killed herself. <laughs> Anyway, I, I've drawn up fake contracts and, like, made these fancy pieces of paper and, like, uh, used, like, a red pen and stuff like that and had them dip in their hand in the red ink and stuff like that. And, oh, wow. Yeah. It's fun to do things like that. Mm-hmm. It's fun to simulate signing your name in blood. <laughs> <laughs> or in Crispy's case, you just take the blood from the dead fetus that you sacrifice and use that. Honestly, parents, this is a harmless game of imagination. <laughs> sure. Nothing to worry about here. Nick, what about you other than being horrified at the moment? <laughs> oh, no. I'm used to it. I hey, remember, I I, my second favorite game is Call of Cthulhu. Uh, True. So, but uh, as far as props, um, I can't really think of any that, as far as, like, for devils. But I, you gave me some ideas, some good, some not so much. But <laughs> well, there's lots of things you could do. I mean, you can go on the internet and look how to uh, do special writings on paper so players could figure things out, like uh, uh, invisible writing on a paper that you can only see with like lemon. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've done stuff like that. Yeah. So this, this isn't so much props, but like you could you could get a bunch of candles and like set the mood. Yeah. Some organs well, another, playing in the background. Another setting, or the kind of like, you know, I guess the plot, or maybe could be part of the plot line itself, is eventually maybe the the 
player characters themselves have to make a trip to hell. They actually have to go there. They have to go to the nine hells and defeat the evil there before it gets too late. Huh. You could uh, get some red mood lighting and stuff like that. Turn up the uh, wash well, turn up the heat so it gets yeah. really hot in your house. <laughs> it's good plans. Yeah, and the wife will be really mad at the the the, the gas, gas bill when she sees it. But well, the, okay, the reason I sees... mention it, as far as like going on the uh, plane hopping, obviously, and I'm thinking, you know, definitely higher level characters is another great set of articles written by Ed Greenwood. Yes, uh, the Nine Hells parts one and two, uh, Dragons, uh, with seventy five and seventy six. If there's any articles out of Dragon Magazine that I think are the ones, if you can get photocopies of them, I don't care. These are the two mm-hmm. that you want to get. If Even if you don't use them, they're fantastic reading. They're fantastic reading. Just outline each layer of hell, how unique it is, who's in charge, what you find there. Um. And he leaves it wide enough open so you can do whatever sort of plot hooks you want to go there. So I highly, highly recommend those. If you're going to introduce devils into campaigns, yeah, get these two articles on the Nine Hells by Ed Greenwood. Just fantastic stuff. Hmm. All right, cool. Tell us how you use um, devils in your campaign and uh, how you set up the mood for that. And uh, we're going to head into game mechanics, which goes a little bit more into detail from the DM side of rolling playing that devil. So we'll be right back. You think I'm mad? Perhaps I am. What are you, a wizard, a genius? Darn, a perfectly good brain wasted. Game mechanics. So we're in uh, game mechanics now, Crispy. How to role play that devil. That's right. Or if you're really sick, how to role play the devil. So, how would you... I'm talking to you out there. Yeah, you, listening in your car while you're driving. Joe. Yeah, Joe. Joe Gamer. Joe Gamer. How would you put that devil in your campaign and let the players know that he's there without Mm. actually being there? What do you think, Joe Nick? Oh, ah, yeah, uh... (laughs) <laughs> I got scared there for a minute. Did you? Um but yeah, I think how you're setting it up is like yes, if you're going to have a major devil in your campaign somewhere, he's definitely going to be working behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. There's no way in hell <laughs> he's going to be uh out there on the front lines uh, slugging it out with the player characters because he's not stupid. Yeah. He's going to be working behind the scenes, either through his cult or through other minions that you know that uh, want to that have made contracts with him. Could be various magic users, you know, whatever. He's going to set out, you know, create a web of a literally a conspiracy. I think you might want to call it. He's going to he's going to plot his you know way to. You know, to conquer the world through his through his followers and whoever wants to work with him. Cool. I I like to do the whole 
every once in a while they'll like mess with players like you see the hooded cloak man turn the corner as he looks back at you and then you like they go chasing you after him and he's not down that alley or something and dun, dun, dun. and they keep seeing this guy all the all the time staring at them and <laughs> what about you crisper well like uh, i'm with you guys it's something you have to really set up um I like the idea of using a devil because it's something you can build up to yeah. um, just over time and then do the big reveal, which is always fun. Mm. Oh, yeah. But I think it's always good to, like, leave little tiny hints that are just kind of weird but would make sense when you think, oh, uh, Beelzebub or Legion is behind this. Yeah, that's where Stuff the like player that. characters go, I think we're in above our heads right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're in Greyhawk anymore, Toto. Yeah. So when your players meet the devil, finally the reveal happens, and the campaign's not over, obviously, but now it comes to the time of the devil's tempting the players with something. Ah. We always know the yes. temptation's going to come up. Mm-hmm. And there's no mechanic like in, say, Star Wars Saga Edition, where there's a temp- you know, dark side temptation thing going on. So, well, how are we going to tempt these players? What what are ways you can tempt the player? Hmm. Well, if you have players that have good backgrounds, you can always use that to your avail. I was um, thinking something along the lines of that. Like, have uh, the devil's minions through the course of the adventure kill, like, the fighter's sister or wife, whatever. Um, and then have, like, the, the devil... He's got her soul, and if you let him succeed, he'll give it back to you. Ooh. Yeah. But you know he's gonna try every which way yeah. to 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 you know try to you know keep that particular soul. Of course. So he's gonna deceive the character in every which way possible. I like that. That's pretty good. Uh, knowing your players is the key to this yeah. one right here. And the next one too as well, we'll talk about in a second, but Knowing your players really well, because my, my former group, I knew the players so well, they played the same type of characters all the time, like I've said many times. Mm-hmm. And I knew one character in the group always, no matter what, uh, had a thing for um, helping children. Ooh, all the time. talked about this before. Yeah. yeah. He, all the time. If, if I would have said as a DM, like, all oh, this, I don't know, whatever, kick the kid, he would go nuts. His character would go nuts and try to save the kid and... So I would always harp on little things like that, like the demon has stolen the soul of the little child, and the child will die by midnight if you go go find the Book of Sorrows. <laughs> or even worse, make children the like the worshippers of the demon or devil. Hmm? That would be just plain twisted, too. Have the, uh, the devil uh, have the kid's voice. Ooh. Or the kid have the devil's voice. Ooh, like, have ooh. the kid's, like, soulless body there, and the devil is oh. just... Talking to them, it's with his voice. That like Spooky. you gotta have a you gotta have a deep booming devil voice. Yes, like it's just kind of a prerequisite for playing a devil. Like, what's an example of a deep devil voice? I don't know, Vincent. What is an example <laughs> of deep booming devil voice? Yeah, that that that's good. That sounds more like an aristocrat, but <laughs> well, the devil's always aristocratic. He's yeah. got that that you know sweet goatee. Why can't the, the devil be ghetto? I don't. Who wants the Who wants to deal with the the ghetto devil? Yo, why why can't the devil be like, "Yo, you got to get got, son. <laughs> you got to get got." I 
I got some stuff you need to pick up for me. My boy Pookie. <laughs> You're gonna get got, son. Otherwise, you get you get your soul there. Say what, devil? <laughs> uh, but then, uh, I, I think a good thing with the devil is going to the next point. Oh, ways to trick the players. I I don't know why, but you, the devil is just like a walking wish spell. It's okay. always the literal, just most finite. Exactly to the word kind of dealings. Oh, wait a minute. That's like how DM Joe was. <gasps> Is it? Yeah, he DM was. Joe? DM Joe, yes. We need to get him on. He needs to be a guest. I have no idea where he is. Stop it. <laughs> he needed to find in New York. Find him and his back. Find him on Twitter or Facebook or something. I've looked, trust me. If, if I ever find him, he'd be like a permanent guest on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well,. Kind of what we're leading in here is, remember in the previous segment I was talking about in that article, they have the uh, stats for the devil, Satan. So Did you say Satan? I knew someone was going to do that. <laughs> how could what you is not, that from? You, Satan? How could you not quote the church lady? I know. There church lady, okay. little church cat. Wow, that's, jeez. It's been so long um, since I've heard of the church lady. <laughs> but this is out of that article, The Politics of Hell. Yeah. And this is the stats for Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him. Old Scratch. Old Scratch, Old Nick. Yo. Funny, my name's Nick. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, here, the stats are frequency, very rare. Number appearing one. Very duh, rare. Duh. Duh. One. Armor class, minus eight. Thought it'd be lower. Ooh. Get oh, this. You know, just minus eight. Yeah. yeah. Movement. Get this. Whatever desired. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Well, he's Satan. I mean, he, yeah. <laughs> he's kind of Satan. Well, I mean. if you were kind of, if you, anybody recalls, well, I, at least I do, before he was, you know, Satan, he was Lucifer. He was second amongst all angels in heaven. He was second to God. And yeah, he can move wherever desire. So, yeah, that's, hit, yeah, hit yeah. dice three hundred and thirty three hit points. Ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go on. I thought it would have uh, been funny if he had six hundred and sixty six, but yeah, I know. Uh, percentage in lair five percent. Treasure type. Does it really matter? I mean, H times two, I times two, U times two. Number of attacks one. Damage attack, 10 to 100. <laughs> Jeez. Really? 10 I, to 100 points of damage for his one attack. That's, that's a lot, but like, yeah. I, I would just yeah. think if Satan punches you, you die. Pretty much. Special attacks, plus three or better weapon and purity of heart required to hit. So not only do you need a plus three or better weapon to hit him, you, have you need to, have to be an anime hero. Of, you basically <laughs> have to be a paladin before you can hit this you know, magic resistance, 95%. Jeez. Yeah. Intelligence godlike, duh. <laughs> Alignment, lawful evil, kind of goes with the thing. Size variable. Psionic and attacks, all, all special. But um, the article, just give you a little quick sum up. He's appearing uh, in any form he wishes, first to be a normal man. Uh, most likely to engender trust and respect, 
but he likes to appear roughly in humanoid four and seven feet tall with horns, tail, pitchfork, and dark red. Obviously. <laughs> he can teleport as fast as he wants to or move as fast as he wants to. He can accurately teleport across dimensions. He will travel through time if need be. Hmm. Satan can travel through time, people. Yes, Satan. Anyone who, yeah, anyone who dares to attack Satan psionically will automatically fall upon his control forever. <laughs> uh, Pretty harsh. What else? Uh, he can use any spell or psionic discipline as often as he likes. Cast spells as a 30th level caster. Except wow. for druidic spells. He only casts as a 14th level druid. Oh, only? No. Oh. Oh. He has the ability to alter fate in order to cause a number of unfortunate events to happen to an individual, such as the death of friends and family, then ruin a business, career, property, blah, blah, blah. Um, Just basically write down, does whatever he wants to do. Pretty much. Yeah, like, that's that's my view of, like, if you're going to fight Satan. Yeah. In other words, don't. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, with those stats, pretty much just don't. Stay away. Do not touch. (laughs) You know, I was like, don't his... don't poke the bear, don't poke the Satan. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I really like his Gamma World uh, compatriot though, uh, the Robot Devil. The Robot Devil? Yeah, it's the Robot Devil. <laughs> robot Satan. You, you watch a little too much Futurama, aren't you? Yeah, I was gonna do a thing, but uh... go ahead, do your thing. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Like it would be a first time impression. Oh, you can do the Robot Devil voice. I was oh, going go to, it. but I don't do it. Do it. It's a good thing to say. I'll give you 100 experience points if you do it. Hex, yeah, with the 50 I got before? It's like 150. Uh, can I have my hands? Oh, that's good. <laughs> You're mean. Anyways, <clears throat> back to Satan. That was good. Yeah, it actually did sound like him. That actually is good. <laughs> All right, 100 experience points for you. Right. I'm going to write this down on my sheet. GM Other crispy. things I could impersonate. Player crispy. 150 XP. All right. There you go. Soon you'll be able We're to taking time up. to write it down during the podcast minus 100. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Still got That's that cold. 50. <laughs> so, yeah, there's more in the, that article in that Bastard Dragon Volume 2 about that. And actually, two other devils there in their Belial and Astaroth. Isn't um, the anti-paladin in that issue, too? I think so, yes. Yeah. The blackguard. It kind of goes with the whole territory there. So. All right. I think we've beaten this down enough. Yes. Uh, so tell us how you use your... Tell us how you trick players. Tell us how you tempt them. Tell us how you take them to the dark side. How do you use the devil in your game? Or a devil? Yes. And we'll head into uh, Creature Feature Theater. Creature, Creature, Feature, Feature, Theater, Theater, Theater. The Creature Feature tonight will focus on one, as I said earlier, Devil. Figure we'll do Asmodeus since he's mostly in the spotlight right now with all the uh, Pathfinder games and Movies and everything I mean, like Asmodeus, that. Asmodeus, 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 As
I think so. No, we need more. <laughs> so, as we dance, the king of hell, well, the prince of hell, I should say. Well, that listen is king of hell, prince of hell. Page the overlord and duke of hell. Page 20 of the, the first monster manual. Yes. There he is with his sick goatee. I told you guys. Mm. I know. Hey. Asmodeus kind of just seems like, because, well, you know, I was I was researching stuff for this earlier, and uh, Asmodeus is a real Hebrew demon. Yes. Yes. Um, well, You're right. Uh, he's from the, uh, the uh, Book of Tobit and uh, Talmuds. And he is, uh, let's see here, one of the seven princes of hell. Mm-hmm. And also, I think he's also referred to as, like, the king of hell. Yep. Yes, he is considered the king of hell, the mm-hmm. uh, the king of gamblers, um, the king of broken marriages. Uh, there's many names he goes by. Yeah. Oh, and, um, again, referring to that Politics of Hell article, explains how Asmodeus got to rule over the Nine Plains and took it over from Satan. Hmm. So, yeah, they... Uh, the uh, Asmodeus article for Dungeons and Dragons has a little bit of that as well. Kind of. Oh, wait, what, it, what article is that? And no, it's it's the Wikipedia page for oh. Asmodeus parentheses Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, I gotta look at that then. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. Wikipedia him with Dungeons and Dragons, uh, you can find that. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's got some good history there for him. Okay. Lots of cool stuff, him throughout the ages. But what I was going to say is uh, Asmodeus, as he is in AD&D, is kind of a hybrid between, like, the devil and Asmodeus. Yeah, yeah if you look at him, he's pretty close to the stats. Mm-hmm. With a hundred and what is it, 199 hit points, negative 7 AC. Plus yeah, you're a better seven. weapon to hit. Yeah. Yep. Magic resistance, 90%. Yep. Super genius. Oh, like Wiley Coyote. Yeah. He's the he's, smartest uh, Wiley Coyote. Super genius. 13 and a half feet tall, though. I don't know why he's so tall, but... I don't, yeah, like... Well, I guess he's a demon. Or a devil, rather. So, he... I'm, he can be as tall as he wants to be. Yeah, but his damage attacks 4 to 14. Not as much as Satan, but still no. pretty good. Yes. And the, I look at the description. There can be no question that Asmodeus is the most handsome of all the devils. <laughs> I don't know, man. That goatee is quite fetching. He is the, yeah, pretty, the pretty boy. Minus the horns there. Yeah, he's... Yeah, sure. And I like the his wand. Evil. His wand. Well, actually, it's a, it's a rod of pure ruby. Hmm. A rod of absorption. Causing serious wounds anyone touched by anybody. Hmm. Dang. And it's worth one million gold pieces? Yeah. Dang, I forgot about that. You guys, that's like... That's a lot of levels. We should kill We should kill Asmodeus so we can level up. Mm, I sense Just a campaign get strong coming. enough to beat up Asmodeus. I'll level two, I can take him. Well, you know... <laughs> well, apparently Trask thought he could have level one, but... Well, that was a statue, but yeah, Trask could probably take him. I mean, <laughs> devils ain't nothing. <laughs> Go get him. 
So that's pretty much Asmodeus in a nutshell. I mean, there's nothing really much to say about him. We can't really. But he's seven and a half feet tall, or thirteen and a half feet tall. He can't fit. In yeah, I don't nutshell. know why he's thirteen and a half feet tall. It's a weird number. <laughs> I know, but I I know I I uh, I'm referencing that article a lot. But there's it gives some really good background on how he you know took control of the nine hells. Basically, one of the I what was it, Astaroth <clears throat> was like the treasurer of hell. Mm-hmm. And before plausible uh, was ruling, and through various backroom dealings and machinations, what have you, the treasurer of hell, who's like you know, he holds the keys to true power because he has all the money. <laughs> Saw them both one day and said, "Hello, plausible. Hello, Lord Asmodeus." Hmm. Well, <laughs> guess what? When he put Lord Asmodeus, yeah, plausible knew he was not in charge anymore. Okay, so here's yeah, okay, here's something kinda cool with your politics of hell thing. I'm just on the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Uh it's it's saying it references the uh, political, politics of hell article, and Satan is more powerful than any other devil, but lacks support, having been exiled from hell by Beelzebub, uh mm-hmm. following a resolution. Beelzebub, meaning Lord of the Archdevils, was later himself overthrown by Asmodeus, and is forever after known as Balzable. Lord of the Flies, with flies meaning little, little devils in this context. Huh. Right. Interesting. Yeah. 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 That is pretty cool. There's some neat history going on there in D&D yeah. Fake Hell. <laughs> D&D Fake Hell. D&D Fake Hell. Okay. So that's how we can use him. Hmm. That's how I'd use him. Do the research. Study about him. Learn. 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 Just don't start worshipping. No, of course yeah. not. <laughs> Not cool. <laughs> well, I sh- you shouldn't say it's not cool to each his own because you never know from our listening audience. Oh, well, okay, that's true. Whatever. You can't but condone. Like, just can't, don't. Yeah, don't sacrifice things. Don't kill yourself or anything else. The game caught enough flack. Yeah, we yes. had enough black leaves of our time. True. <laughs> so let's head into Dragon's Horde and wrap things up for the night. The Dragon's Horde. Okay, uh, in Dragon's Horde, <laughs> this is kind of a change of pace. We're talking about uh, Wand of Orcus. Yes. That's, this totally goes, totally goes against the whole devil motif. It's a demon weapon. Yes. But it's an artifact. And you're evil, so that's why you threw me off like that, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, it's the whole debate of is it actually really an artifact? Does it really exist? Or is it just rumor? Well, of course oh. it really exists. It was a major plot point in 4th edition. Uh, well, yeah. What edition? I'll just, I'll, I'll just be going now. I'll see you guys. Yeah, <laughs> you're just disconnected for that comment. Oh, no. Banished. Uh. Go ahead, uh, I I would it, it, you know what now that we're talking about the Bond Orcus here in the Dungeon Master's Guide page one sixty two it's actually the last one in the whole artifacts ghastly weapon is property of the demon prince Orcus and at times it is said he would allow those his wand to pass into the prime material plane or the wreck chaos and evil upon all living things the wielder of the wand does not have the full death dealing power of the device, the victim 
of its blow, having a saving throw versus magic to avoid death or annihilation. Gods, godlings, demon lords, greater devils, saints, and demigods are not affected at all, of course. A little disclaimer. And it goes on. You can fill in the blanks for all the different special abilities it has. That's kind of so, cool. I just I just realized that that's like the whole premise for Death Notebook, the anime. Yeah. But you just uh, think about it. It's like almost the whole same thing. Just, it is. They throw the book and, you know, huh, let's see what happens. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Funny that. But I, as far as using it in a campaign, um, yeah, the Wanda Orcus is nasty. And I would say, yes, in my current campaign world, it's somewhere. I don't know where. <laughs> but I'm sure it's there. And it's not just lying about. Somebody is using it. <laughs> I would hope not. Well, you have demons and devils running about my campaign world where evil is pretty much one. Yeah, one Orcus is around somewhere. I don't think he's he's not in my campaign. Orcus is not around in my campaign, nor is his wand. So I'm going to say his wand in mine is not reality. It's just legend that people talk about. Oh, okay. I myself have not given it much thought, but I think it's interesting. And I'm going to... it's it, it's Schrodinger's Orcus wand. It neither is not there or not there. Like, I just have not ever even really thought about it. Yeah. It's one of those artifacts to where it looks like, compared to the other ones, it's relatively low-powered. Hmm. So it's a, an artifact that I, I guess could make its appearance in a campaign, be a plot device for a larger campaign uh, uh, quest or what have you. You know, that's how I kind of see it. I, it. Just comparing it to some other things like the Sword of Koss, for example, you know, it's like it, the Sword of Koss, when you look at the different special abilities, actually has more special abilities than the Wand of Orcus. Hmm. So, so it's... It's somewhere around a low-level uh, artifact, so it, it, when you take in all the other ones into consideration, it's not like, you know, when you have all the hordes of dragon kind, so... <laughs> yeah. But, uh... All the yeah, dragon would, balls. Yes, all the dragon balls. Wait, oh, it's no. the seven balls oh, of dragon... Oh, no, dra- you're right! Oh, no, you didn't! <laughs> Is it... Re- no, they couldn't have. No, they didn't. They oh, did. Well, like the thing is, is like the Dragon Balls are from an ancient, like an ancient Chinese myth called Journey to the West, which is was around for a really long time before Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball is based off of that. They, they might have. You think? I don't know how many orbs of dragon ki- dragon kind are there. We'll get not the beaten track, but uh, there are eight. Eight? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's dubious. <laughs> I think they might be the Dragon Balls. I disbelieve. <laughs> Make your saving throw. Roll the disbelief. <laughs> I passed. Oh. Anyway, we'll never know. But yeah, I would. I would have it in the campaign. In fact, I'm thinking now more about it. It's like, yeah, it's probably around somewhere. And yeah, I think that's somewhere how I along about the, it. And and you know what? Maybe somewhere along the lines, the. Uh, the, the player characters are going to have to get rid of it somehow. At least, <clears throat> if if not destroy it, because in my opinion, something like that cannot be destroyed. 
but you could banish it, remove it from this plane of existence, you know. Teleport to the sun. Yes. What would, so, Crispy, what would Trask do with this wand? Well, he would probably talk like this because it's a wand. Use <laughs> it as a back scratcher. He might go clubbing. No! Oh. <laughs> um, ow, ow, I don't ow, know. Get up now! <laughs> is the, uh, is it irrevocably evil? I mean, like, if he possessed the wand of Orcus, would that, would that just blacken his soul? Well, you know what? I think it depends on the DM, because, you know, it has all the different special abilities that you fit in. Um, that could be something that it does. It's maybe, I think one of the, I forget which powers and effects can alter alignment or slowly change alignment or something like that. I thought there was one like that. Yeah, there is one of them. I can't, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but, um, you could make it that way. Yeah, because, like, I don't know, it's interesting, because, like, the wand isn't, it's not super detailed, because it's... No, and I don't think it's meant to be, Yeah, it's supposed to be unique to each DM's mm-hmm. campaign world. So, I mean, if you were to give it, like, uh, I don't know, it, it really depends on, like, what the wand could do, and I'm, knowing Trask, it would probably mess around with it for a while to see what it would do, at the risk of, uh, you know, making him irrevocably evil. But, I, I mean, you just go around and just kill people yeah. with it. The victim of its blow uh, having a saving ah, throw versus magic to avoid death. On table four, major malevolent, malevolent effects, it's uh, R, reverse alignment permanently. E. That would yeah. make chaotic evil. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually... Currently, right now, Trask is chaotic neutral. Oh. So that's not... You're, you're just like one step away, my friend. You're already jumping with chaotic good and chaotic evil. Remember right because now. of your whole dead zone incident? That's true, yeah. I forgot. I totally have the powers to see the future. I think. I don't know. You think, yeah. So you don't know exactly. But yeah, the Wonder of Orcus is it's interesting. I think I would keep it in my campaign. I don't know if like they would ever find it, but I think it might be there. I would customize it a little bit. Yeah. Make it oh, little, I would too. It's just, like you said, it's not as powerful as the rest of the artifacts. I would juice it up a little. But I the thing is, is like Orcus yeah. himself is like so powerful. Like he is he's a tough cookie. Mm-hmm. He's a cookie. So he he is. He's a big ram headed cookie. <laughs> What kind of cookie? Uh, chocolate chip. Uh, well, he's kind of pudgy, so for him, it's chocolate chunk. Chocolate. I was thinking chocolate fudge. Uh, 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 fudge. <laughs> you are way too good at that. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, Orcus himself is—he's pretty—he's uh, pretty bad. He's full of pudding. He's full of pudding. Black pudding. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that reminds so, me like, when I was playing. I Go ahead. I don't know if like the wand really needs to be that much more powerful. I would he's... make it to where if the somehow the player characters gain possession of this thing, 
<laughs> they want to get rid of it ASAP. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to want to like, I have the power of the wand of Orcus, and then they get it, and they're like, you know, the you know, plants in a ten mile radius start withering and dying, and you know, their alignment alters, and you know, they their nose falls off. I don't know. And oh, that's pretty harsh. The nose falling off really topped it. No, I meant the grass falling around them. Hippie. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I would think that if this wand was in the prime material plane, ready yeah. to be uh, to be found, that if you found it, someone else is going to be looking for it too. Yeah, that's the, that's another good point. There's got to be some evil mastermind out there that has a way to figure out where it is. Right. It'd be like a race to get the great MacGuffin here. So mm-hmm. basically, it is a MacGuffin device, isn't it? It yeah. really is. Aren't all artifacts in a way though? Most, more or less. Except yeah. apparatus of Kowalsh. That is totally kick butt. Mm. It's a mech! <laughs> right. Well, it is. Sort of. Alright, let's go on to our last segment. So, uh, this is the end of the show. Donuts. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick. Crispy, want to thank you for coming on and joining thank us. Thanks for having me. Yes, it was a real pleasure having you on. Yeah. Well, you say pleasure like it's like it's a double-edged kind of thing. You don't like me. I like you. But really? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, yes, but. 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 Your feet smell. No. Oh, my bad. I've got so a, we'll be I've back. Got a condition. Next week, hopefully. With uh, another show and uh, back on track with the full crew. Minus Crispy, maybe. Yeah. Well, you guys know where to find me. Plus Crispy. Oh, really? Plus Crispy. Oh, what? Plus Crispy? Oh, Crispy's a permanent member now? Extra Crispy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Uh, uh, keep it original, keep it old school, and uh, good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. for initiative.